Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve your agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. This is an episode, this is actually the fourth time that I'm recording this episode that you're going to hear it for the first time, but I think it's such a vitally important one. I wanted to make sure that I got all the facts absolutely right, that I was very succinct in kind of explaining it. And I want to get into the employee or employer mandate for contact centers or for any business that's over 100 employees. But I want to specifically target this to all of you that have over 100 employees in your contact center. I have had probably 50 questions on this, on doing an episode that really digs deep into this. So I want to do that for all of you guys today. And when I say dig deep, I'm going to dig really deep into this. So when you finish listening to this, you should be fully versed in in the law. And also, I'm going to offer our policy to you. So I'm going to hopefully save you, I don't know, a couple grand at least uh, for talking to your attorney if you guys have not already done that and, and looking at the policy and creating something that I think is really a holistic document that that understands where we stand on everything, has specific dates. I also have a couple one-pagers for your employees that we are going to give to our employees that just kind of stick to the facts and get rid of all the legalese right? that I can't stand and <laughs> just kind of really document you know, some of the things that, that they need to understand and really how it's not the employer's fault. It's not Expedia's fault. It's not your fault. We're not, we're not the ones mandating this, but again, it's coming from the, from the higher ups. Before I get into this, just two quick things. We've been hitting record after record of downloads per episode. It's been amazing. So again, I want to thank all of you. I know we have so many new listeners. So I just want to ask if if we've been able to add any value whatsoever to you, if there's any way possible that you could you know, go on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast and, and post a review, don't just click the number, but maybe you know what you like about it. That really helps the podcast grow, and you know I, I really appreciate it, and I think for the people here that are, have been working on it, it, it's really helpful for them as well. And then the last thing, too, is we've seen a really large resurgence in the, the book purchases that we have, right? So we have a book on Amazon. It's called More Advice from a Call Center Geek. And it really just goes into more depth in some of these than, than we can do in a you know a 15-minute podcast episode. Uh, we can really dig in a little bit deeper into the book, and it's something that you kind of always physically have in front of you. So please kind of check that out as, as kind of the holidays are, are drawing near. Okay, so let's get into this. Let's talk about this policy in depth. Let's talk about everything you need to know. And I'm doing this, you know, as of today. So meaning today is the 30th of November, 2021. I'm going to talk about specific dates and some things there. Now, the majority of podcast listeners do listen to the podcast within about a week of of an episode publishing. And then obviously there's there's more people that listen to it, but you know, the vast majority of you guys, you know, hit hit the new episodes, which which makes sense. So I think that I'm going to still use those dates, even though a lot of you will listen to this maybe farther on down the road, because I think that it's going to be really important for anybody who's an active listener and listens when an episode comes out to kind of understand this stuff. Okay, so let's get into this. Obviously, this is for employers 
And again, I'm just going to frame this as call centers, right? So this is for contact centers with at least 100 employees, right? So that could be call center reps, that could be managers, that could be IT professionals. So if you have over 100 employees in your business or in your contact center, you must have not only a policy in place that's going to hit on the things that the the government needs you to do, but you need to be able to document this and kind of prove that you're doing it as well. All right. So the purpose of this policy, right, is to just make sure that we are complying with OSHA's temporary standard on vaccinations and testing. Basically, we don't want to get fined. Right. That's number one. We don't want to get fined. Number two, we and I don't want to say in this order, but, right, but we want a healthy workforce. Right. We want to make sure that that we're doing everything that we possibly can do to keep people healthy. Um, and, and we're going to do that to the to the best of our knowledge with with this policy. So our COVID-19 policy that we're about to talk about, we're going to talk about vaccinations, testing, face coverings, right? This applies to all employees of Expedia, except for those employees who are work from home, right? So those that don't report to the workplace do not apply to getting vaccinated or getting weekly tested. Now they still count towards your hundred number, right? But they do not apply it's only the people who are coming into the office and kind of all of us having to mingle right around each other every single day. So that's a huge question and, you know, something that I think is actually helpful and I'm glad that they they did that. So let's talk about what is vaccinated and this is no news. This is not new news. You guys have been hearing this forever. So again, fully vaccinated. If basically, and I'm just going to sum this up because I got a ton of legalese here, but it's two weeks after their second shot of either the Pfizer or Moderna or two weeks after the one shot of Johnson & Johnson's. So we're not including boosters yet. That may come down to the law, right? But if they do not show you proof of being fully vaccinated, right, they will be required to show proof of weekly COVID-19 testing and obviously wear a face mask covering in the workplace. Now, we are we have a policy that right now you have to if you're here on site you have to have a uh, wear a a mask when you're in kind of the public realm if you're at your desk or your 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 station or you're eating or drinking you don't have to have it on uh, but that's kind of where where we're at now all employees are required to report their vaccination status they have to show you proof of vaccination we're going to talk about what you're allowed to ask for. Um, what you're not allowed to ask for in, in some of those types of, I don't know, HRE type things, but we're going to get into that here in a second. Let's talk about exemptions before we get into that, right? So an employee may request an exemption, right? So if, if they have a medical condition that their doctor says, hey, they can't get vaccinated, or if they have, they need a delay because something's going on. And again, I don't want to get, I hate giving, I always say, you know, if you're you know, nine months pregnant and maybe you don't want to get one. But again, I've been told that that's a bad example to give. So I'm not giving any more examples. Don't use that one. <laughs> I guess I kind of gave it. But um, but if there's a medical necessity that, that requires a delay, right, they can have a form that they can fill out. I have that form. Just like I have the policy here again, I can send you the policy. I can send you these forms again that have uh, exemptions that so that you can make sure that you uh, – you have everything documented. All right. Um, all right. Let's get into some dates. And this is where we kind of get into the nitty gritty. And I think that this is helpful because when I saw the policy from our attorney, I think that this this really kind of resonated everything with me. So any XPV employee that, and I'm, again, this is our policy. So so any 
use your company name, any employee that chooses to be vaccinated against COVID-19 must be fully vaccinated no later than 1-4 of 2022, right? January 4th, 2022 is the date that the government has deemed that vaccinations have to be in place for employees, employers over 100 employees. Any employee that is not fully vaccinated by 1-4-2022 will be subject to the regular testing and face covering requirements of the policy. All right. So now remember, it's two to be fully vaccinated. You have to have both shots if you're Pfizer or Moderna plus two weeks, right? Um, If you're Johnson & Johnson, it's just two weeks after. So again, they need to really start to obtain their first dose of the two-dose vaccine no later than 12-14-21, right? So, So December 14th. Um, that gives them enough time to kind of hit all the benchmarks that they need to do. So it's coming up pretty quick here. We have a push to make it 12-7-21. And that's kind of what we're telling our employees, right? Let's get your first shot in here over the next week if you want to get it done so that we make sure that we're going to be good for those of you who want to be uh, want to be here. Um, and kind of the same thing again for the, the Johnson & Johnson. That can be delayed a little bit, but you know, pretty much you're looking at two shots plus that that two weeks really to be fully, fully vaccinated um, by by January 4th, uh, 2021. So all employees who are not fully vaccinated, right, by 12-6-21, they're going to be required to wear a face mask when in the workplace. And again, that's just a, a general policy. Ours kind of goes a little bit more than that when we actually talk about our face uh, face mask policy. And if you're not vaccinated by 1-4-22, then – you're going to have to undergo weekly COVID-19 testing, right? So that's kind of the pain in the rear for those of you who are going to be in the workplace or have people. Again, January 4th, 2022 is the is D-Day, right? When it comes to number one, making sure that they're fully vaccinated. Number two, making sure that if they're not, that you have to start weekly, um, weekly COVID testing. All right, now let's talk about what is applicable, right? So to show that someone is vaccinated, what are acceptable proof, forms of proof for vaccination, right? So what are you allowed to ask for? And this is kind of weird for me too. Again, this is more of an HR thing um, that, you know, we're kind of talking to our HR guys about, but, you know, this is kind of the legal ruling from our attorneys on what we can ask for and what also is acceptable proof, right? So number one is a record of immunization from a healthcare provider or pharmacy, Two is what is what most most people have a copy of the COVID nineteen vaccination record card. Three, a copy of medical records documenting the vaccination. Four, a copy of immunization record from a public health, state, or tribal immunization information system. Or five, a copy of any other official documentation that contains the type of vaccine administered, the dates of administration, and the names of the healthcare professional or the basically the place of where they got it done. So. You need to make sure that you have documented um, the employee's name, the type of vaccine administered, the dates of administration, and the name of the healthcare professional or clinic site that it was administered at. And all of that should be really included in in all of those uh, details. Now, here's something that I did not know in the law. It is written. And again, I want to give this a caveat, right? So if an employee is unable to produce one of these acceptable forms of proof of vaccination, so they have to try their hardest to, you know, talk to a vaccine administrator, talk to, you know, the pharmacy, talk to the state health department. 
But if they cannot get any proof that they have been vaccinated, they can attest that they were vaccinated, right? And I would be very careful with this. This is maybe onesie twosies. If you go and you have, you know, 300 employees and 250 of them just attested, right? You're going to be in some trouble. But if you have some onesie twosies of, of reps or employees that just, they can't find it, they lost their card, they can't get another one, there is documentation and verbiage, and it kind of goes like this. I declare that this statement about my vaccination status is true and accurate. I understand that knowingly providing false information regarding my vaccination status on this form may subject me to criminal penalties, which I hate, but that's kind of what it says. So that is a possibility. I would check with your attorney if you have a couple employees that, that are looking to do that, but that is something that is written in the law and it is accept- acceptable. All right. So All right. All employees, both vaccinated and unvaccinated, must inform you of their vaccination status. The following table that I'm about to read to you guys, uh, this is kind of the requirements for, for those in the deadline. So employees who are fully vaccinated, they need to submit proof of vaccination that indicates full vaccination. We'd like that by 12 6 if they're fully vaccinated by the 6th of December. Employees who are partially vaccinated, we want proof on 12-6 as well that they've already received their first one. Employees who are not vaccinated, they need to, one, submit a statement that they are unvaccinated, but they're planning to receive vaccination, and that's by 12-6. Or they need to submit a statement that you are unvaccinated and you are not planning on receiving a vaccination. Again, all these dates are 12-6, the 6th of December, which is about a week away. So basically, you're kind of doing a a drop-dead survey of all your employees of where they stand when it comes to this. We are actually asking all of our work-from-home people to do this as well because you never know if they need to come into the office. We're trying to get just a company-wide. We've done a survey that was anonymous to kind of see where we stood. And to be honest, we weren't great. Um, But, you know, it kind of is is what it is. Okay, so let's say you do have an employee that says, you know what, I want to get get, uh, vaccinated. So an employee may take up to four hours of paid COVID time per dose to travel to the vaccination site, receive a vaccination, and return to work. So that basically means that there's a maximum of eight hours of paid COVID time that the receive that the employee can receive for the, the two doses. We say in our policy as well that you know if it takes you longer than four hours to get the vaccine, just call HR, kind of tell us what's going on, and then we'll pay you for that that time. But if you, you know, if it takes you 15 minutes, we, we'd ask you that you, you came back um, and only only use that necessary time. I would like to think that uh, people are, are complying with that. But actually, you know, I think we've, we've had a pretty good, you know, response to, to all that. And we really haven't had any any issues. You know, I don't want to go deep into, because I've already talked about it a lot. And you guys already have, you know, a policy here for medical removal again, right? So... If anybody who's sick, anybody has a fever, uh, they're going to be, you know, asked to leave the premises. Obviously, if they've tested positive, no one's allowed to be on site. Um, we have a full return to work criteria, and it's basically using the the CDC's isol- isolation guidance, right? So if somebody does test positive for COVID nineteen, for them to come back, it needs to be at least ten days um, since symptoms first appeared at least 24 and at least 24 hours have passed with no fever. And that includes, you know, they, they didn't take any Advil or any fever reducing medication. 
Um, and then, you know, other symptoms are improving, right? So that's kind of the three things that we look for, for them to be able to come back, uh, come back into the office. Okay. So that's kind of vaccination and, and that let's talk about testing, right? So you have somebody who's just saying, Hey, listen, I'm not getting this vaccine. So any employee who is not fully vaccinated will be required to comply, um, with making sure that they must be tested for COVID-19 at least once every seven days. They must provide documentation of the most recent COVID-19 test result to human resources no later than the seventh day following the date on which the employee last provided a, uh, a, t- a test result. If, if any employee does not provide documentation of a COVID-19 test as required by this kind of seven-day criteria, they will be removed from the workplace until they can provide a, uh, a, a test result. Uh, test results are you know required to be turned into human resources. And, you know, any additional days will be unpaid. The testing is actually unpaid as well. We're having discussions internally to say, do we actually pay for the time? Um, you know, and there's a, there's a little bit of debate. I mean, I, I'd like to be pro-employee with all that stuff, but, you know, it, it gets to a point where, you know, you, you can make, make a decision kind of on your own here of, of what you want to do. So... Again, we talk through our, you know, mask wearing requirements. I'm not going to get deep into that. Basically, you know, we just do have a policy, though, that basically expressly says, you know, it needs to cover your nose and mouth. It needs to fit snugly over uh, your nose, mouth, no large gaps, you know, that no, no puncture holes. Um, you know, what can be on the mask? You know, I don't want to get really deep into that. But um, and then, of course, you know, we do have some exemptions for that. You know, if you're eating, if you're sitting at your desk, you know, all the normal stuff that I think that doesn't really add value to you. The, the problem or, or what we're not stressing out over, but what I really like to do is, is bring in when we have new hires or we have a new client, even though we're probably 95 or 90% work from home right now, we like to do training on site. We like to and try to instill our culture and, and have people really get to meet, you know, the HR people and their supervisor. And I don't know, I just think it forms a bond with the company, but you know, all new hires are going to be required to comply with the vaccination testing and face covering requirements, right? So, you know, if somebody comes and they're not vaccinated, they got to show a test or they can't be here. So I think that this is going to basically push us to uh, do more remote training, which I'm fine with. You know, I'm fine with as we, you know, the ongoing training to do remote, but, you know, it, we're going to have to really shift our thought process of doing, you know, depending on if this goes through or not to do more uh you know, more remote training as well for, for all of our new hires. So, so that's kind of what I got that, that kind of goes deep into our policy. Again, I have this policy totally done. It's been approved by our attorneys. If you would like this policy, I'm more than happy to send it to you. I'm debating whether I'm going to post it on LinkedIn or not. I'm leaning towards posting it, but if you hit me up on LinkedIn, I will definitely give it to you. We also have a one pager that kind of just gives your employee, the employees, the quick rundown that maybe you can post like on Slack or, you know, anything like that. Uh, we also then have the exemptions um, in the form for for all those as well. So if you have somebody who's claiming a medical or a, a religious exemption, you know, how they can do that and how you can document that as well. So again, guys, not a not a super fun episode. You know, we're not talking about cool technologies or anything like that. But I think one that, you know, I know a lot of you have been asking me about. We went deep into here. If you have any questions, you know, please let me know. And, you know, if you moving forward after this episode, if there's any questions, I'm going to probably just, you know, do a blog post or post some things on LinkedIn with the questions and the answers that I've come up with, or that I can at least talk to our attorney about, which I'm more than happy to do. Pretty good relationship. So again, thank you guys. 
I hope you had a great, uh, great turkey day, and I will talk to all of you next week. Please post a review if you can. Thank you.